0: Well, good morning and welcome to Hope Community Church Online. As you can see, things are a little bit different today. We thought we would do a bit of a trial run ready for next week. I hope you are ex- as excited as I am coming back into our church hall. Uh, remember to please register at half past nine or half past eleven. You can do that on our website, life or through the email subscription also, or just sling us an email, admin at hopeis.life, and uh, we will stick your name down. Remember, there's only 25 seats each service, uh, and we're about halfway, just over halfway for each one. So there's about 10 seats, perhaps, in each service. So I would love to see you there. uh, So please do come and join us, but let us know. We are at the end of our Soulful series. This is the end of all that we've been working towards for the last 14 weeks. And we have been working through what it means to live a soulful life, a life that is aligned to the teachings of Jesus, a lifestyle that echoes the life of Jesus, a life that spends time with Jesus, learns from Jesus and lives out the way that Jesus lived. And this is week 14. Can you believe it? At the start of quarantine, we began this journey with the aim to develop and grow in our spiritual formation. We looked uh, at quarantine as an opportunity to put some, some roots down, to pick up some disciplines and to become more like Jesus. And there have been some tears along the way in some of the groups. There's been lots of joy on this journey and there's been some inspiring moments and some conversations. And the best news is that it's not finished. It never is. Our walk with Jesus, our spiritual disciplines never finish and we never uh, put uh, living a soulful life uh, to the end. And so there's so much more for us available uh, through living for Jesus. There's so much more growth and development for each one of us along the way. But to close it this week, uh, uh to we ha- we come to perhaps the last command that Jesus gives uh, to his followers and you will find it in Matthew 28 uh, starting at verse 16. Matthew 28 Starting at verse 16. Don't worry if you haven't got your Bibles near you. The words will be on the screen. And this comes at the end of the Gospel of Matthew. The disciples have they've witnessed their friend and their saviour being punished and killed and being dragged away. But these were guys that hung on to every single word that he spoke. They hung on with hope. What they thought was going to happen hasn't. They've seen Jesus being carried away and buried in a tomb and they think that that was that. One by one they walk away and they begin to live out their lives pre-Jesus. They go back to what they knew. But as promised by Jesus himself, he rises again. He visits his disciples. He reassures them, showing them that all he said was true and he encourages them to meet him in Galilee. And that's where we pick it up at verse 16. It says the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you and surely I am with you always to the very end of age let's pray father we come around your word we pray by your spirit that you would speak to us that you would encourage us that you would compel us lord god would your root take uh, would your would your word take root in our lives and transform us from the inside out our So soon after this uh, command, Jesus would bless them and he would ascend to be seated at the right hand of the father. As we read through scripture, the disciples would gather and wait as instructed for the Holy Spirit and the day of Pentecost, which we read in the book of Acts. They would receive the Holy Spirit and the church just burst into life. But the church would not have burst into life If the disciples didn't listen to these words that we've just read. And in this passage, we have the call of every believer and we have the mission of every church. We have the call of every believer and we have the mission of every church. These words are central to the purpose of each and every one of us who professes to walk with Jesus. The disciples were commissioned on that day to go. They were commissioned with all the power, all power, all authority by Jesus himself, the authority of Jesus himself. Jesus was a man of authority. He demonstrated his authority when he healed the sick. He demonstrated his authority when he calmed the seas and when he told the demons where to go and when he raised Lazarus from the dead. But this time his authority was much different. This authority is of the Jesus who has the power to redeem all things. Jesus died for the sins of the world and he has been given all authority to go to all the world and to proclaim salvation in his name. And so he hands the authority over to his disciples. He commissions them to go with this authority to declare the forgiveness of sins through Jesus to go into the world, to all nations and to all people. The good news of Jesus Christ is for everybody, is for all ears. His heart is for all people to become his disciples. He wants all people to follow him and become students of the way, to be followers of him, to be apprentices that all eventually become like him. Jesus already had disciples, we know. There were the twelve as we know them. There were also many more. At one point, he he sends out 72 of his disciples. And after his resurrection, he appeared to hundreds of his disciples. And these people, they, they weren't known as Christians back then. Christians, that phrase wasn't used. They were just known as disciples. To, dis, to be a disciple was a well-known uh, phrase. And they were disciples of Jesus. And on the day of Pentecost, it says that there were 120 disciples that were gathered in the upper room, and probably a room this big, And soon the church would grow exponentially. Anyone who felt the call of Jesus to repent and turn away from their lives became a disciple of his. Jesus commissions them with all authority to go to make disciples and to teach them to observe all things. To be a disciple of Jesus means you are putting yourself under his authority. And we usually identify them as ones who have been baptized. And baptism is a command for each and every disciple of Jesus. It's a command for us to obey. It's symbolic, it shows our surrender to live for Him and His Word. And He promises them at the end of this passage, I will be with you always. Jesus promises them. I will be with you until the end. There would be no need for Jesus to make this promise unless he intended for the church to continue making disciples until he returns. Those disciples that he commissioned on that day have gone. They passed on the baton through the ages to the next and to the next and to the next. And today we, the church, Hold that same baton. That same commission has been given to us to go and make disciples. We have been commissioned and we carry this responsibility to continue the disciple mandate of Jesus. And it would be very easy. And it's been a mistake of many to believe that it's the it's the church's job. It's my job and the church's job alone to make disciples disciples. But this is a commission and a responsibility and a priority for all of us today. We are all responsible in the process of making disciples. And and in in Ephesians 4 verses 11, you, you read the role of the church. This is the role of the church. It says in verse 11, he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ. The the church's role in all of this is to equip each and every one of you to go and fulfil the Great Commission. We are to equip you as much as we can so that you can go and make disciples as a disciple. So the goal of all ministry is to make disciples who make disciples. That is the goal. And Each one of us as followers of Jesus, as apprentices to Jesus, we want to do all that he did and we want to become more like him. Jesus made disciples. And so why do we think that we don't have to? Why do we get scared to? At some point, we must go somewhere. We go in order to tell the best news in the world, to deliver the gospel the good news and that is the start we need to go we need to move we need to be able to be able to speak That's the start we have to be willing to throw a bit of seed and see how it falls to see where it lands and to look for signs of growth it's like the parable of the sower in Matthew 13 We must begin to throw out the good news of Jesus. That parable talks about the farmer throwing seed. The seed never changed, but the soil did. And good seed grows in the right conditions. We have good seed. The seed will never change. The seed is always the good news of Jesus. We have the good news of Jesus. There is no better seed. And if we throw it enough, we will see it grow. But we need to be people who are willing to have a go. But let me let me encourage you with this and it may help you. You may like to garden. You may have picked up the skill of gardening uh, in this season we've had some stunning weather it's been the best weather to get some garden in and to get some seeds out and stuff and you may plant your seeds from scratch and and you've done all that you can do you've created the right environment you've put the soil in your pots you've watered it you've done all that you can you may have had added a little bit of fertilizer who knows but then forgive me if I'm wrong on this, but you don't then just sit and watch and will it to grow, do you? You've done all that you can. And now you just wait for it to grow in expectation that it will. You have put in the seed, you've created the right environment and you expect it to grow. You don't just sit there, you get on with your life. Because it will grow and it will grow on its own. And discipleship is the same in many ways. We can talk things over with each other and we can try and teach others truths of scripture. We can pray with them and for them. But ultimately, it's the Holy Spirit that brings about the transformation. We throw the seed and God does the work. Very often it's through those little moments, those, those little moments of wow, that transformation comes. The Holy Spirit will bring the wow. We commit the time, we commit the relationship, we commit the prayer, and we do all we can. And God will do the rest. God will bring the revelation. God will do the behaviour change. But too often... How many of us get disheartened when we don't see dramatic transformation straight away? We begin to journey with someone and it's almost immediately we expect them to stop speaking the way that they speak. We expect them to put down all their problems that they've carried with them for 40 odd years, perhaps. We expect them to suddenly become, uh, you know, holier than thou, sat on the front row taking notes with their rainbow coloured I don't know why it's rainbow coloured, but they've got a pen. Anyway, we put that expectation on people straight away that, well, we've we've spent 10 minutes with them and we've had a coffee with them and we've told them about Jesus and we've crammed it all in as much as we can. And we expect suddenly something to happen. We get disheartened and we probably perhaps stop investing our time. But let's remember. It's a process. Us coming to faith, to that that big yes that we talk about, it was a process. At some point we said uh, no, we said a healthy maybe, we said a little yes and then we said a big yes. And now for most of us that didn't happen overnight. There was a journey and that journey doesn't stop when we say a big yes. Spiritually massive things have changed when we say a big yes to Jesus. But actually in the here and now, in our behaviour, in our habits, in the way that we live, not everything changes straight away. We have to allow the process. We have to allow God to be God in those relationships. Let's remember that it's a process that we are all still on. Some people are jumping on this journey right now for the first time through in the midst of this pandemic. And they're beginning the discipleship journey with Jesus. How exciting to see that happen. Some of us are a little bit further along the way and God is working in our lives in many different ways. But he's still working. And there are others who have been on this road for years and God continues to amaze and transform It doesn't matter how long you've been on this journey, when you're committed to Jesus, He's committed to you, and He brings change. And so let's remember that it's a process. It's a week by week. It's a win by win. It's a step by step journey that we all get to take part in together. And the great news is that each and every one of us, we can all get involved in discipleship. We can all be responsible for making disciples those around us that maybe are journeying with us for the first time or maybe don't even know who Jesus is yet. You can share your heart and you can share your journey with someone. And God will use it and he will use your relationship. And I'm sure we can all think of people right now who we've spent quality time with. That, have, that They've helped us. They've invested in us. They've encouraged us. They've challenged us along the way. And that's what discipleship is about. I'm so grateful for so many people that have invested in me on my uh, discipleship journey, that took time to spend and talk things through, that took time to have a coffee with me and answer questions. And that is discipleship. Because relationship will trump any program. Discipleship isn't just some program that we throw out and we do it in six weeks and then we're all sorted. It just doesn't happen like that and we're blessed we have a ton of resources available to us that will create the right environment and help us in our learning and in our conversation but if we don't have relationship we have no starting point and so I want to encourage you to pray to be bold to pray and to seek God ask him who around you Should you begin to intentionally spend time with to to just begin to get to know a little bit better? To begin to share the journey with? Maybe it's someone that you today could invite onto our Alpha starting in August. Who could you begin to pray with for that? And at some point we have to start doing it. We have to start living it. We have to start following the way of Jesus. Discipleship to Jesus isn't a spectator sport. We have to get in. We have to get involved. We have to get our hands dirty. And there is no greater feeling than seeing God move in someone's life. Watching him work. Watching him answer prayer. Watching him solve Problems, Watching people experience and enjoy his goodness and his mercy for the first time. There is no greater feeling in the world. Watching God move in someone's life. And we've all experienced it. We know what God has done in our lives. We've received those revelations. We've been in awe of him. We've experienced those wow moments. Why would we want to keep on to those wow moments to ourselves and not give them away? And I believe that as we give them away, as we share this journey with other people, like we've already spoke about in community and last week in confession, we become more full. We become fully alive. Sharing the good news of Jesus is just such a privilege. And so let's not be a people who keep it for ourselves, but are willing to put it on the line, to throw some seed and to see what happens. Everything that we've journeyed through the last 14 weeks in this soulful series is to give a way to somebody else. Why not grab a coffee with those around you. And begin to just share the journey. Let's pray. Father you. Place us into families. You call us to communities. And you commission us to go. Lord. There's still opportunity. There's still people that, Lord, need a touch and need a relationship with you. There's still people who don't know that you love them and that you died for them. There's people all around us, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would give us an insatiable appetite to go and make disciples. Lord, would you... Would you turn, Lord, our enthusiasm for gathering back as the church, Lord, into the same energy to go and make disciples. Lord, that same passion to come together and be together as church. Lord, would see it, Lord, move in our lives to go out of this place, to go out of our houses and to begin discipleship journeys with people around us. Holy Spirit, we need you. We're so grateful that we don't do this alone, but you're here. You're preparing us, you're equipping us and you're using us. And so, Lord, we want to serve you. We want to become soulful people. Thank you for the series that we've just been through. Thank you for the way that you've been teaching to us and speaking to us. And Lord, thank you that you have been filling our souls. Help us to stay disciplined. To continue the faithful walk with you. And bless us Lord. And bless bless everybody that is watching this sermon this morning. Wherever they are. As they hear these words. Would you pour out your spirit afresh. Would you give them. And would you Lord. Would they experience all authority. Your authority. To go and make disciples. In the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. men thank you